Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Hello, listeners. Welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. And on today's episode, we are going to be joined by a guest who's going to be talking all about vision and learning because August is Vision and Learning Month. So we're so excited to discuss that with you. And our weekly insight kind of ties into this. I want to talk today about your local libraries and some early literacy tips. So on Monday, Paul and I took Teddy to the library and he got his first library card. It was so adorable. They took his little picture. He picked out his first book that he checked out of the library. He wanted a fire truck book, of course. Um, And on that visit, they gave him a little goodie bag for his first day at the library. That included a bib, a little snack container, a free book, And they also gave me information about this wonderful program they have. It's called A Thousand Books Before Kindergarten. So they give you a little pamphlet where you actually color in every time you read a book with your child. And the idea is that you wanna try to reach a thousand books before they reach kindergarten, Um, which sounds like a lot, but it's actually really feasible. They break it down to, if you read to your child three books a day, you actually read over a thousand books within a year. So I've probably already done with this, done this with Teddy. We read so many books and they do include the caveat that if you read the same book, it still counts as reading a book. Cause as we know, little guys really get fixated and sometimes like to read the same book all day long. So that still counts as multiple reads. I love that tip. And it is such a wonderful idea because I, I was doing, uh, going to the library with Daisy before COVID and I haven't been back. Um, so this is kind of giving me the gusto to get back there with, cause Johnny Anthony's never experienced it. And when Daisy was his age, right, there were, they're 18 months. They still love the library. They get excited to go through and pick out a book. Uh, and you know, they have opinions about what they like and, like you said, they often gravitate towards the same types of books. Uh, right now, little John loves um, Goodnight Gorilla. I don't know if you've read that book, but I highly recommend it. It is so cute. And now that Daisy's older, right, we try to incorporate the whole family to read together at nighttime. And even though I'm doing all the fun noises and sounds, there are things within the book for us to for Daisy to learn, right? Like to talk about the different animals and what does she see? Uh, so it's really interactive and it's such a great tip, Dr. L, to bring it up, to get your kids to the library, start reading, and it really helps develop all of, like you said, those early literacy skills and those early tracking skills that we always talk about as well. Right, so I just wanted to fill you guys in on our fun adventure on Monday, and I'm so excited that we reconnected the library because we also, it's been a while since we've been back. As a side note, we had to all update our library cards to even check out a book because I never changed my last name and Paul and I never updated our address. So we all as a family got our new library cards and we're back on track with our local library. So now we are going to be joined by our guests to discuss vision and learning. We are being joined by Dr. Manisha Geiger. She provides comprehensive optometric care with an emphasis on pediatric optometry, binocular vision disabilities, vision development, vision therapy, and neurorehabilitation. Dr. Geiger received her Bachelor in Science from SUNY at Stony Brook in 1992 and her Doctor of Optometry degree from SUNY College of Optometry in New York City in 1996. She completed an externship in pediatric and vision therapy at Beth Israel Hospital in New York, during which she expanded her knowledge of amblyopia and strabismus diagnosis and treatment and presumptual skills training. It was here after caring for children with special needs that Dr. Geiger realized her true passion. 
Dr. Geiger is knowledgeable in sports vision care and training, post-concussion analysis, and post-traumatic brain injury rehabilitation, skills that have been helpful both on a personal and professional level, as she is also the mother of two very active boys. Dr. Geiger has been a licensed and practicing doctor of optometry since 1996. She began practice in Arizona in 1998. She is a member in good standing with the American Optometric Association, Neurooptometric Rehabilitation Association, and College of Optometrists and Vision Development. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Geiger. We are so excited to have you join us this morning and just share a little bit with us about your journey to optometry and how you became so interested in vision therapy. Oh, yeah. Thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited um, to be able to help you spread the word for uh, what we do as functional optometrists and and vision therapy. Um, I started my career in vision therapy, um, you know, full force, kind of of later in, in my years. I graduated from SUNY College of Optometry in 1996. Um, and had hoped to delve right into vision therapy. It was always my, my first love. I had done my internship in that as well as pediatric um, optometry, um, as well as some of my externships. And um, once I got, a, you know, got into the field, I, I kind of landed in doing more, more general optometry. Fortunately, I was in a place where they allowed me to kind of dabble in it. So um, I would do some vision therapy on the side, on and off, still took the courses, kept up with everything. And then in 2015, I kind of just had a calling and said, you know what, I'm not, I'm not happy um, doing general optometry anymore. I feel like I have a bigger gift to give and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to follow that journey. So um, I kind of started, um, I started in a small room, friends, private practice, um, doing just the vision therapy one or two days a week. And it, it grew like very quickly um, and found our space where we currently are at the end of 2016. So Optimum Vision and Eye Care opened its doors in 2017. Um, and I, it's been doing neurooptometry, functional optometry, vision therapy there ever since. I love that journey. And I love that you <laughs> stay true to yourself because I find that for the optometrist listening, especially the young optometrist listening, you know, you get out of school and you just get your first job that takes you. And sometimes you lose sight of the things that you love. But I, I think it's important that you stay true to what made you feel fulfilled as a practitioner. And like you said, you had a bigger gift to give than just glasses and contacts, right? That And, and that's really what we're aiming to, to share is that uh, there's so much more to vision than just being able to see clearly. So now let's jump into why we're talking today. August is Vision and Learning Month. So I want you to talk to our listeners a little bit about what does that mean and why is there a whole month dedicated to this topic? (laughs) So yeah, I mean, August and uh, Vision and Learning Month, they started um, recognizing that in 1995 under the administration of President Clinton. And um, because we, you know, we recognize that um, the screenings just weren't enough. And there were so many people, then kids that were struggling with, in school um, that didn't really have to um, because they had a vision related issue. So um, you might've heard these statistics before, but you know, 80% of, of children's learning is related to vision in some manner. And what the studies found is that um, 
60% of these of the children that actually are labeled with literacy challenges or learning disabilities, undiagnosed vision problems. So um, it became very important to bring awareness to this topic. August is is kind of what's chosen because it's it's back to school, you know, everyone's starting a new new year and it seemed like an optimum time to spread the awareness. Um, truly, I think for most of us that do vision therapy and do functional optometry, um, every month is vision and learning month, right? So, you know, it's just always, um, we're always aware, always looking, always trying to spread the word, uh, whether it's through talking to, to educators, talking to parents, um, administrators, and, and going out there and doing free screenings or, or educational talks. Uh, this podcast included, which I think is just, I have to, you know, just kind of give you guys a kudos that I think it's wonderful that you have started this podcast, that anybody could listen to at any time and um, kind of as a go-to, like, what do you do if you start recognizing some of these issues in your children? Right. So let's talk about that a little bit, because, you know, we know as functional optometrists that vision plays such a large role in learning and how a child interacts in the classroom. And that's why it's so important to have their visual system assessed and see if there's anything there that's hindering them. So talk a little bit about um, in your conversations with educators or parents, like what are big things to look out for in a kid who may be struggling in a classroom? Um, so some of the symptoms that we would look for is avoidance of the task. Um, I think the biggest challenge for parents is that the, your, your child's really not going to come out and say, hey, like all of those words are, are kind of looking double or all of those things are moving on the page. And, and I, yes, I'm reading, but, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. Um, it's human nature to avoid that task that creates pain or creates discomfort. And so most often these children will just avoid reading. They'll avoid close work or prolonged, any kind of prolonged near work. And uh, unfortunately, you know, um, it's too easy to label them as attention deficit or, you know, some other learning disability because they're they're not attending to, to that near task. Um, so I would say that's probably the number one thing to, to look for is just, you know, is, does your child not enjoy doing near tasks? Um, you know, are they in the other symptoms, uh, rubbing, rubbing their eyes, um, blinking a lot, um, sloppy handwriting is, is a big one. Um, you know, being able to transition from distance to near tasks, like they may be great athletes and, uh, but then, you know, everything breaks down when they're trying to, to copy from the board or, or, you know, right. Or their handwriting is, is really bad. Um, a lot of behavioral issues and, you know, I'm not going to say all are, are related to vision, but there are a lot of behavior issues that are related to, um, to vision. And uh, again, it just goes back to frustration on the child's part for not being able to accomplish the task that is being asked of him because he does have, he or she does have some limitations. I really think that you hit the nail on the head of the biggest telltale sign is avoidance. And because I find no child doesn't want to learn, you know, I, we always joke, like once they're in high school, like, okay, different story, right? There's other factors there, but any child in elementary school that they want to learn kids by nature want they're curious they they and they want to succeed they want to 
get that positive feedback of I accomplished something. So if there is a barrier to that, why is this second grade uh, kid in second grade not learning or not understanding how to read? What is the cause? And I always say that vision is a piece of the big puzzle for the kids, right? It's not the end all be all often, you know, it could be the biggest piece to their learning puzzle, but it really is a puzzle that you have to put together. And I know that we, when we get the kids in our office, some of the parents say to us, like, how did we go through years of testing, trying to figure out what's wrong with our child? They were labeled with this, labeled with that, when really there was this underlying visual etiology to all of this. And we're really, especially out by us, we're really trying to advocate in the school districts with the special education programs that a full vision workup should be part of the the workup of a child that's struggling in school. And that's sometimes the biggest barrier is getting these kids into the appropriate optometrist that understands vision. So my question to you is, is how are you promoting this in your area to spread that education to the, the education system to help them understand what we do and how it translates to learning with their students? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, that was, that was actually very, you know, that was wonderful. And I completely agree that it's, you know, it's not the parents' fault, and and I'm sure you've experienced this too. I mean, the parents, the poor, they just beat themselves up in the exam room when you um, reveal things, and it's said, you know, the child cannot advocate for for himself or herself. He doesn't know that something is wrong, so they wouldn't be able to vocalize that to to the parents. Um, and unfortunately, there's not enough optometrists doing a binocular vision screening um, and the difference between a complete evaluation a vision exam and a screening is not very well known. Uh, and that is something that we're just gonna have to keep bringing out and bringing awareness to um, in, in amongst different venues to, to let the parents know that, you know, again, vision is more than 2020. Um, 2020 is eyesight. It is not vision. Vision gives meaning and is so much more. So that is, I think that is that is key um, to keep bringing awareness out there. So we do a lot of, a lot of talks, um, you know, on an individual basis, and you know, to schools and other things to say that's that's great. I'm glad that you are participating in a vision screening every year. However you know, these particular age groups need to have a complete um, vision evaluation and um, at the very minimum, an additional screening for binocular health evaluations. So, I mean, to get to your question, um, well, we, we have some techno wonderful technology out there right now that can reveal some, some basic binocular vision skills that we know as functional optometrists are so important to learning. Um, you know, it, it's more than I think someone had figured out there's 17 different vision skills involved in reading. Um, so clarity and seeing 2020 is just one of those skills. I mean, we have a particular technology that um, can track the eye movement and give us a, a really good report on um, how well this child is fixating on task, how well they are 
tracking an object and you know going from from one object to another and puts it together in a very succinct, easy to read report that we can give the patient, um, patient's parents or educators a tangible report and say, this is why your child is struggling. And um, that is something that we offer um, every year in August to do free screenings on this particular device to, to reveal, um, you know, and really, you know, I will, I'll do it all year long if I feel that there's somebody that, that needs it and isn't, is maybe there just for a comprehensive and, and we were like, oh, and they start talking about other issues. We're like, well, let's do this screening and then get them in for a full functional, you know, uh, assessment. And um, it's amazing how many, not only of the children that we reveal, but the parents will come out and say, gosh, I really always struggled in school too. <laughs> I wonder if I had this issue, you know. Right. That's so interesting that you say that because I feel like particularly recently, I think, um, in the midst of the pandemic and everyone being on devices more, I think that's really kind of pulling out some visual dysfunctions that were likely, you know, present previously, but people are much more symptomatic. And I feel like I've had this influx lately of parents sitting in on vision therapy evaluations or vision therapy sessions saying, I think I have something like this myself. Um, I think you know, I've been symptomatic lately on the computer and thinking back in school, like I had struggled with this or I didn't always love reading. And then hearing our education piece when we're talking about what we see with a kid, um, I feel like a lot of parents, it hits home with them. And I think it's really wonderful that there's so much more awareness now um, in terms of education to the general population that vision and learning are so crucially tied together and that we have this whole month dedicated to spreading that awareness and that we are able to help kids in this manner. And I think parents looking back kind of wish that they had this intervention and education piece available to them when they were growing up. So we've been having a lot of parents too, like scheduling therapy evaluations for themselves and getting themselves in as well, which is really kind of cool to see that you know, we can work on these skills too in adults. It doesn't, just because it was missed when you were a kid, it doesn't mean that that ship has sailed. You can work on visual skills at, at any point in your life, which I think is really, really cool. So yeah, never, never too late to learn. Absolutely, I agree. We, I mean, we've, and I'm sure you have it at your clinic as well. We've got people starting from age three all the way up to like 83. And, you know, it's never too late. We still see progress. This episode is brought to you by Luminous. For over 50 years, Luminous has developed innovative gold standard devices for eye care, like the first SLT laser, the first argon laser photocoagulator, and the revolutionary dual path SLT and YAG laser. Luminous, the inventor of intense pulse light, or IPL, is proud to announce the first and only IPL system to receive FDA approval for management of dry eye disease and to launch OptiLite, a bright solution for dry eyes. OptiLite uses Luminous's patented optimal pulse technology to allow consistent, precise, and controlled treatment. If your patients suffer from dry, gritty, tired eyes, and dry eye disease due to meibomian gland dysfunction that is impacting their quality of life and their vision, OptiLite puts the power for treating dry eye disease in the palm of your hand. OptiLite breaks the dry vicious cycle of inflammation and delivers improvement in tear breakup time and other clinical signs of dry eye disease. To learn how you can elevate dry eye management with OptiLite, visit Luminous.com slash OptiLite. Is there anything else that you would like to highlight on this topic that we didn't cover yet? Um, yeah, I mean, just to kind of re reiterate, um, you know, that 
um, you know, we are not born with complete vision. If you, you think about our development from infancy, um, it's, it's developed through a learning process of, of looking, touching, and exploring our environment. So um, the ability to, you know, to focus, um, it has to be learned. And vision guides that learning. When you look at an infant, their eyes are moving first, they're scanning their environment. And their hands will start to go out, you know, and, and touch and everything else comes into play. So um, I think it's important for people to realize that if there is a deficiency, it's really, it's, it's nothing that you did. It's just there was something lacking that created that input um, and, and to not develop in the perfect way. And the and by age three is when they are growing the most and developing the most. But like you said, it's never too late. Thankfully, something called neuroplasticity is always with us. And that's the difference. Um, vision therapy is truly neuro-re-education. Um, it is, has nothing to do with training eye muscles. Um, and once we spend that time um, to change that neurology, it is permanent and, and it will impact a number of areas of your life, you know, not just learning, um, you know, balance, driving, uh, being aware of your environment and just some everyday tasks for, and sports and, and whatever else it may be. Um, so I just, you know, it's not, it's not automatic. It, it's a learned process. And because of that, we can, we can still teach teach things and re, re, um, redo your neurology to, to make it more efficient. Um, I think that's probably the, the, the biggest take home is it's never, it's never too late. And to understand that the difference between what, what we do, um, you know, and perhaps an eye muscle, eye movement therapy that you're getting elsewhere, or, you know, a surgeon that's, that's changing the, the location of an eye muscle um, they're very, very, very different. Um, and they, they can play well together, but I don't believe that one could ever replace the other. I love that you really brought that point up and brought up that it's never too late to learn. All those people that are struggling on the computer or want to be better readers, uh, it, it really is never too late. I have a patient coming in this week that's 87 that I spoke to earlier for their telehealth appointment. And they were like, am I too old for this? And I said, no, you're not too old. If you're motivated, I'm motivated. Let's do it. Um, and even so, I, I saw a, a patient just uh, last week also that she had just come in for a regular eye exam. And I always do a routine near point of convergence. And I said to her on her, just a screening. And I said, hmm. I said, do you see double when you read? And she's like, yes. Yeah. And <laughs> at that point she was in her seventies and her life kind of was, uh, she was sort of like uh, floating through life. She was, she had a lot of different careers. She was a fisherman at one point. She kind of just floated and it all stemmed back to the fact that she couldn't read for a sustained period of time. Right. So she didn't fall into an academic type of profession, even though she had those interests, she couldn't do it. Uh, and she kind of figured out life and was successful in her own right. But she said to me, she was like, I have always wanted to be a reader and I, I just can't do it. So we put her in a course of vision therapy. When we had first opened, she was one of our first patients. And here we are 
four years later and she's like all I do is read books now she's like you have forever changed my life and she has a new lease on life in her 70s because reading really can transport you from from where you are to anywhere in the world and to experience all different things through through reading so it was to your point it's never too late and I I love helping kids because it's exciting to see a kid that couldn't read and then be able to read and know that you forever changed their life. But the adult patients are sometimes the most rewarding because they can really communicate how much change vision and vision therapy has on their life and the impact. Yeah. So absolutely, you know, and, and you think about it when we get older and if our body's feeling us and we can't do all those active things that we used to be able to do, you know, reading and, um, you know, do creating art projects near your near point becomes so much more important to do things, whether it's crafting or, you know, or anything in your near space. And, um, you know, when they can't do that, that's, that's, that's that's really difficult and it totally affects their quality of life you know it takes away some pleasure that you know and capability that they we can easily give them back right that's the beauty of vision therapy is we can really help you know improve that visual system and really you know improve your quality of life as you said so thank you thank you so much for joining us this morning and can you please share with our listeners where they can connect and contact you if they have any further questions Sure. Yeah, I'm located in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, the practice is Optimum Vision and Eye Care. Um, we've got a website that a, a lot of more information on um, vision and learning, as well as vision therapy and neurooptometric rehabilitation. And that would be optimumvisionaz.com. Reach out anytime. I do check my email. You can send us messages through the website. I do check my emails regularly myself. Um, and really, like, you know, anything we can do to help spread the word if you're, you know, if you're out there and uh, would like us to come speak at your you know, corporation, your school, your, you know, your group, your parent group, that's really what's going to help everybody thrive um, as a community to, um, especially now after the pandemic. And like you said, with all the near work and the strain that everybody's been, been going through with the computers. So we're here, we're here to help, we're here to educate and, you know, whatever, whatever you need. Thank you so much, Dr. Geiger. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020, and follow us on Instagram. For additional content, check out our practice, Twin Forks Optometry, on both Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.